The Fitness Hacks Podcast, Episode 10. Today we're joined by Shauna Kaminsky. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. Breaking down fitness and the fitness business with some of the best names in the industry. And here are your hosts, Corey Lefkowitz and Ryan Heenan. Just to educate yourself on how to reach people because you might have an, a fantastic program. In fact, a lot of trainers have great ideas, but if you can't get it in the hands of the people that need it, it's all for naught. Shauna is such an amazing woman and such a great trainer. And it was very interesting getting to talk with her today because she touched on so many good points, including the fact that no matter how great your product is, no matter how great your training sessions are, if you don't get them in front of the right people, you're not going to have a business. You're not going to get to do what you love. A lot of trainers view sales as the S word and you're pushing this negative thing. And Shauna touches on that there's the association with selling and used car salesman, you this sleazy person, I guess if you're a trainer in a tracksuit, pushing this product. But if you believe in the product you push, you need to embrace that and learn how to sell it so you're reaching the right people. And the concept of the avatar, which has come up in so many episodes, just should further show how important it is to establish that avatar and who you're going to sell to. She reminds us that it's not sleazy to give somebody something that they need, that by not promoting your good services, you're having this person go out there and be misguided and not reach results, not get the results they deserve. And as a trainer, sometimes you need to put on your business shoes and get out and go to events like the Turbulence Training Summit or the Fitness Business Summit and network with other trainers and learn how to sell and learn to implement systems that will allow you to take all that knowledge you build up about training and use it to actually reach people. And remembering who you're trying to reach and what you need to provide them with, the solution that they need is so important. It goes back, as we've talked about numerous times, to that avatar. So let's jump right into it with Shauna and be sure to listen to the great advice she provides and also some little sound bites from her dog. Today we are joined by Shauna Kaminsky. Shauna, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your fitness journey and what led to your passion for fitness? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to uh, kind of share my journey and hopefully um, inspire others to really follow their passion as well. Um, I've always, I've always been involved in fitness at some point and I knew that it was like such a powerful part of my life. And so I really, um, I, it's just something that I really enjoyed. I was a school teacher for, um, 20 years and, uh, part of that time teaching, I was teaching phys ed. I was in the classroom. I taught like from kindergarten right through to high school. Um, and I really love that, but I was also training people kind of everyone was always asking me to train them. So I was always training people as well. And I just got to a point that I just had to choose one or the other. So I started a little home studio, um, started doing group training, decided that I couldn't hit enough people. So I started a fitness boot camp, and then I decided I needed to have a bigger audience. So then I went online with my fitness um, programs and coaching. And here we are. Well, you're being very modest because you have an incredible athletic background. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I swam at a national level. I did freestyle skiing at a national level. I did bodybuilding at a national level. I don't know. I, I don't really like to say too much about that just because it was just, it, I just did that. Let's just move on. Sorry, I'm blushing and you can't even see it. How much, though, has that shaped sort of how you train other people and how you train maybe even other women? 
Um, well, you know what? It to me, it doesn't matter if you're training for like a national competition or like you're trying to do a push up from your toes. Like the the idea is just just pushing yourself a little bit further. Like it's all about pushing personal boundaries and just making yourself better. So um, I, I that's kind of how I approach it because Mrs. Jones, that's just starting out. Like her challenges are are kind of at an equal. Like walking into a fitness facility or starting a workout program with with a new trainer or like that's a big thing. Just like training for a national competition is a big thing. It just it just keeping it in perspective. I think it's always important to remember that each person's coming in with a different level, a different set of experiences, and they have different goals. How do you help each of your unique clients reach their goals? What does a training program with you look like? Um, well, I think it's really understanding where I, I work with mostly women. Like I do have some um, male clients. Um, like I have a lot of online clients, a lot of offline clients, but the majority of them are um kind of the Mrs. Joneses over 40. Um, as a trainer, it's just really kind of getting in their head and understanding where they're at, what their objections are, what their sticking points are. Um, and so I think that's super important because sometimes you might be addressing an issue that's not even an issue. Uh, so just kind of finding out what the issue is. Is it eating or is it emotional eating? Is it training or is it because they're not training because they're injured? Uh, are they not, are they injured because they have eating, uh, you know, their eating is causing inflammation. So it's kind of just getting to the bottom of it. You also mentioned you do both online and in-person training and that you actually started with the in-person. How did you transition more to online and sort of how has your experience online been? Um, well, I really love the online world. I love coaching in person, but, um, like for me, I kind of like, I, I reach an expiration point where I just don't feel as passionate about things. And so I know that it's time to move on. For example, teaching school, I love teaching school, but then I felt like I wasn't giving my best to my, to my students. And so I knew that it was time to move on. And so then I started coaching people, you know, in a small group setting. I, I knew that at one point I needed to, you know, expand. So I went into the boot camps. I had to get a mentor to go from online to, or sorry, offline to online. It's an entirely different game. It's an entirely different skill set, And so it, it all stems from a passion to help people. Uh, and so that kind of fuels the, you know, fuel, fueled me to learn the skill set to go online um, but it is an entirely different skill set. So I would highly encourage anyone to, you know, get a coach or get some online, like there's lots of online courses and, you know, um, just to educate yourself on how to reach people because you might have an, a fantastic program. In fact, a lot of trainers have great ideas, but if you can't get it in the hands of the people that need it, it's all for naught. You know, doing so much requires such a great amount of balance in life. Can you tell us about what you've learned from your mentors and how you structure your days to find that balance? You know, being able to sleep enough and eat right, but then also instill those habits with your clients as well? Well, I think the first part of balance is taking care of your own health first. So I always ensure that I get the, the right amount of sleep and I get my workouts in. So um, that's 
that's really helpful because if I have brain fog because I'm up late and then then I'm up early, I can't think straight, so I can't be productive. So that doesn't help. And then the other thing is batch processing things. So if I'm writing emails, I'm writing emails. If I'm doing video, I'm doing video. Um, you know, rather than okay, I'm going to write an email. Oh, oh, now I have to go do a video. Oh, I have to do a video again tomorrow. It's like, no, I'm going to set up and do, you know, batch process, do a bunch of videos. Now I've got my lighting and everything set up. So I'm going to get that all out of the way. So being organized that way. Also, um, hiring an assistant is really key because sometimes there's like, um, not to, my admin assistant for my boot camp is amazing and she keeps me organized and like, she's better at organizing things than me. So empowering, um, people to help. So effectively communicating what you need done and then keeping, um, you know, keeping the lines of communication open so that while say I'm filming video, um, my say bootcamp admin is, um, assistant is processing payments and, you know, getting things organized in that business. Uh, or I have my customer service um, person answering emails and helping my online clients. So kind of duplicating yourself in turn, but it's, it, it really requires very clear communication in terms of what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. Um, so that, you know, you, you, don't have to be doing too much because actually sometimes I think of all the things that I have to do and it's like my head spins. So it's like, I, I don't want to think too, too much about that, but it's empowering the right people to, to bring onto your team. And that's really important. You mentioned you sort of have a team for each of the different segments. How did you sort of combine everything? How did you take your in-person personal training and sort of open your gym? When I first started, like when I was a school teacher, um, you know, my kids were little and I had so many people asking me, can you train me? Can we, and I was like, I can't train all these people one-on-one. So I decided, and I was, I'm actually pretty proud of myself because this was back in like 2003. Um, it's like, I can't do this. Like I can't do one-on-one, but I could do 12 on one. So I just decided I'm just going to invite everybody on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We're going to do a group session. I had like a home gym. They piled into my gym. I, I, you know, worked out a, an awesome kind of circuit training that we did. Um, and then luckily it, it just grew like they loved it. They told two friends and then they told two friends. So, you know, having a great product is really key. And so that business grew so that I, like I was crazy busy, um, you know, trying to fit in sessions in my, in my home gym you know, be a teacher, be a mom, have a life. That was pretty crazy. And so then I went to actually fitness business summit, um, from Bedros Koulian. That was the, that was the first time, the first time I went was in his first one in 2007. So I'd kind of had that business running for a while and I just knew that I needed some business systems. And I'm, I'm like, I discovered bootcamp. So I had grown that small little studio. And so then I, I opened a bootcamp and I just started with like 30 clients in one session. And then that again, having a great product that, that session grew. And so then I added another session and another session. And, and then soon I, so I had both things going by then I had resigned from teaching because I only have 24 hours in the day. And so, um, so my fitness boot camp was growing. I decided to close down my home studio and then my boot camp just continued to grow because you need to offer an amazing product. Another, like I'll give a pitch for Fit Pro newsletter, which was, um, really helpful because that 
provided top of mind awareness to local clients. It provided a, at that time it was a monthly newsletter and now it's like a weekly newsletter so that I'm, you know, if I get somebody's email, I pop it in there and they get a fitness newsletter, um, once a week. So it kind of get, keeps me in front of that local audience. So when someone is like, you know, I have a fitness question. Oh, I'm going to go to Shauna. So that really helped with that. And so then that just, that's kind of how I, how I went from small group training, uh, kind of one-on-one, which I didn't really enjoy to small group to fitness boot camp, And then I did the online mostly because I'm lazy <laughs> because um, like several people would be like, well, I'm moving. I want to do your program. Can you write me up a program? I'm going on holidays. Can you write me up a program? So really in my head, I'm like, I need to write one program and provide it to all these people. So that was back in 2010. And I was um, mentoring with Bedros Koulian at the time. He said, hang on, I'm going to start uh, like a, an information marketing group so that you can learn how to do this. So that was in um, November of um, 2010. And I kind of just started to learn the process back then. And I had a horrible product. I look back now. I mean, the programming was awesome, but the marketing was horrible. The graphics were horrible. But you just put it out there and I had people buying. And then it just kind of, um, you know, snowballed from there. But you just have to be um, like to anybody that wants to have success at anything, you just have to be willing to fail. And I have failed epically. Like right now I'm doing Facebook Live and I am failing epically. But it's okay because I'm going to get better at it. And by getting better at it, I'm going to be able to help more people. So I did a, a Facebook Live, um, another epic fail broadcast where I didn't know how to turn off the camera. But the whole, the whole message was you have the give a shit factor. Like I don't give. I hope this is. I hope that's okay. I said yeah, that. You'll be all right. <laughs> okay. But I don't give a shit what people think about me because my, you know, a lot of people might be like, well, there's just a, you know, stupid woman, you know, doesn't know how to turn off the camera, you know, judge me like they're my haters. Haters are going to hate. So it doesn't matter. They give it. You need to give a shit about the right things. And so I'm giving a shit about finding ways to help my Mrs. Jones who's struggling, who can't get her pants done up, who feels horrible about herself, who needs to. Um, you know, get fit so that she can be healthy and, you know, have a better life so her family can have a better life. So I'm willing to kind of, you know, maybe make some big mistakes um, along the way trying to help her. So, and that's how it was going online too. I made a lot of mistakes. I failed forward, but you learn from your mistakes. So um, that's kind of the journey. And I would encourage anyone to just keep pushing, look for mentors, find people, um, and model their success. I really want to go back and touch on your point about the haters, because I think so often we get so caught on the one negative comment that we forget about who we're trying to help. We forget about all the positive feedback we've gotten. Can you sort of tell us a little bit more about how you deal with the trolls, so to speak? (laughs) Oh, you really just have to laugh. Like you have to laugh it off. Um, because like, there's just, I can't be concerned with those people. Like there's just no other way to, to look at it. You just have to have a bit of a thicker skin. And actually if I have haters, I feel like I've kind of arrived. Like (laughs) I, 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 you need to polarize people. I want people to love me and I want people to hate me. I don't want people to tolerate me. I don't want to just be, you know, a me too trainer or someone in the middle, like either really love me or like, 
opt out of my list, stop watching my broadcast, don't take my emails or, you know, because I'm not going to be able to help you. I'm only going to help the people that love me. And so I need to make an impact. So I'm willing to polarize the people. And so if someone really hates me, it's like, okay, I guess I'm doing my job. That's one way to look at it. You know, I think that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. It, it's almost a combo between the not giving a shit factor and the giving a shit factor. <laughs> well, exactly. Because then, you know, then exactly. I, I'm I'm going to give a shit about the, the right things. And um, so I can't really give a shit about someone that, that hates me because I'm, I, I mean, as much I'm Canadian, we want to please everybody, but I know I can't. So, you know, I just have to keep that in perspective. You know, you you mentioned Bedros, and we've gone to his fitness business summit, as well as Craig Ballantyne's Turbulence Training Summit, and it's amazing to see so many people looking to get into opening Fit Body Boot Camps. And you mentioned the fact that you have to start with that high-quality product. I think many trainers have that high-quality product, but they're shy to get out there into the world because they don't necessarily know where to start. What do you think would be a good starting point based on your experience? Should people sign up and go to a conference, or would you suggest finding a mentor first? Based on your experiences, what advice would you give to someone just starting out and looking to make those initial connections? Um, well, Fitness Business Summit is really transformative. That was my big aha moment where because I knew I like I I felt I don't know everything about training, but a lot of trainers are like, well, I'll just take another cert. Well, I'll just take another course. I'll just get more qualified. But that doesn't help you get in front of more people. So what you need is business systems to get in front of more people. And it's a, it basically is selling. And it doesn't sound good to say I need to learn how to sell, but that's the only way you're going to be able to help people. And so at, back in 2007, I was you know deciding if I should go to the IDEA conference or to the Fitness Business Summit, which at that time was very small. It was like 100 people. And it's like, I thank my lucky stars that I went to Fitness Business Summit because that's how I learned how to get in front of more people. And so I've been able to help more people. So, I mean, I would encourage other, other trainers that are just getting started. There's lots of, um, there are lots of, um, like online courses you can take, but really get in front of people. Fitness Business Summit is really a great place to start. Turbulence Training Summit is an awesome place to start. I I owe a debt of gratitude to both Craig Valentine and Bedros because I basically started with them. Um, I now, I mean, I have a fit body boot camp. It's an awesome product. I can't say enough about that franchise for kind of done for you, you know, hold your hand through the whole process to help, you know, massive amounts of people in your area. We actually were talking the other week with Josh Hankin, and we were talking about how so many trainers now get caught up in going to more and more certs to learn about more and more tools, but they don't ever learn how to sell. And actually Alan Cosgroves, he actually talked about how he knew how to help his clients and he needed to learn how to sell because if he could help his clients and couldn't sell, he couldn't get them results. Exactly. And, and it, it, you know, used car salesman comes to mind when you say I need to learn how to sell, but I mean, we're selling every day when you're telling your husband what, you know, movie you want to go to. Um, you know, you're selling when you're telling your kids, you know, I want you to have these shoes instead of these shoes. Every, everything in life is selling. And so learning how to get Mrs. Jones to, um, do your workouts, you're selling, but you're, 
it, you're really um, providing a service that they need. Like you have to kind of um, like Mrs. Jones is, is up at night, you know, stressed because of her health. And so when you're not providing that service that you're so good at, you know, you're doing her a disservice. So you have to kind of reposition the whole idea of selling, um, you know, withholding your service is actually, you know, that's a problem. I absolutely 100% agree with that. And I think that so many trainers see selling as something negative. But when it comes down to it, it all comes back to having that quality product from the start. And if you have that quality product, you should want to sell it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with pushing a program that actually works to people who need it. I think so often trainers get caught up in the mentality that they need to go to cert after cert after cert, and they end up stuck with all this knowledge, but nobody to use it on. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, part of selling is just like being the assistant buyer, like, like understanding where they're, where they're, um, you know, the conversation in their head, um, you know, meeting those objections of time. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a workout that's only 20 minutes if you don't have time. Um, well, I can't drive. Okay. I can give you a home workout. Like, because the, at the end of the day, those, those people that come, you know, are, are within your kind of in your ethers, they're there for a reason. And so they, they need your help. You just have to find a way to give it to them. And I think it's providing them with the, the product that they need, the, the solution that they need, instead of just trying to sort of throw things out in the dark. As you said, you position it however they need. If they need something for home, you provided them with something for home. Right. So it's matching the offer to your target audience. Right. And as trainers, part of it is you can't be everything to everybody. So while I know that I have a lot of experience as an athlete, my experience like of late is more training the Mrs. Joneses. And so, you know, when athletes come to me um, wanting, um, you know, some advice or me to train them, I might be doing them a disservice by, by saying yes to that client. And maybe I should refer that athlete to one of my trusted colleagues. So sometimes it's okay to say no to some clients so that you can say yes to other clients that you can have a bigger impact on. That's so true. And so many trainers get into the industry thinking they're going to train the athlete when in reality, who they can help is not necessarily that athlete. It might be someone they haven't considered. We even talked to Dan Ritchie about, you know, training people as they get older and the baby boomer generation and training that generation for their lifestyle needs. And I mean, I know, yeah, I have a gym where we, we call them men without egos because they're guys that can get along with training with 90% women. And it's, it's one of those things that you've definitely found your target market and you're definitely sort of directing all of your help at that market. Yeah. And it's like, um, sure, I could, you know, I could help, you know, men or I could help, but, but my biggest impact and what, who I'm most passionate about, that's who, that's who I should focus on. So trainers that are getting started in this, they need to sit down and think about who their avatar is. Who are, who do they get excited about helping? And then that passion and energy is going to come through and they will attract those clients more. You know, they'll, they'll help them more. They'll get better results and it snowballs from there. I think it's great that you touched on the point of the avatar because we've talked about that a lot throughout the podcast. Can you sort of go into how you figured out exactly who yours was since you did have so many different demographics you could choose from? 
I think it's important that um, if you're choosing your avatar, like don't think in like don't make broad strokes. Like give like I keep talking about Mrs. Jones. I just say Mrs. Jones because it's kind of a common name. But you want to think about what's her age or his age. What's their job? How many kids do they have? Where do they live? What um, you know? What kind of car do they drive? What's their day like? What are their um, like the touch points of, or their, their, you know, objections. Like, is it because they're like a lot of my clients, I know they're sandwiched between their kids and elderly parents. So they're, you know, they, they're really time strapped. So it's just like really drilling down who that person is. And then when you're speaking to that person in your marketing, whether it be emails or for, through Facebook advertising or through Facebook live or however you're going to market to them, they will think that you're speaking directly to them because you've identified them so clearly rather than speaking of, you know, Northwest Calgary residents um, or, you know, like speaking in such broad terms, because when you're, like I said, when you're trying to market to everyone, then you're nobody to no one. Whereas you could be, you know, uh, like somebody very solid to a very deep niche. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think you touched on something interesting that most people don't think about is that when they're creating that avatar, there are so many overlapping elements. I mean, writing copy, for example, you learn to speak directly to that person or even targeting on Facebook. If you know where your ideal client shops and where they hang out and what their interests are, you can directly use that when you're doing your targeted campaigns on Facebook. Right. So many people think of it as this one dimensional concept like, this is who I want to train, but they don't realize that there are so many levels of depth once you get into marketing deeper and remarketing. Yes, exactly. And so, so it's really important to, to create that avatar. And, and then, like I said, that kind of, that kind of helps, um, you know, who the, the trainer kind of helps them determine their path. And like, like the whole idea with Dan Ritchie, you know, starting to train the baby boomers. Well, a lot of trainers might not have even considered that. And that's a huge market, you know, and that, that needs a lot of help. And, you know, they have a lot of, um, those people have some disposable income that they, they're willing to part with to get your help. So it's win-win on both ends. I think what we also don't consider as trainers is how our training and who we train might change as we get older in the industry. Have you found that who you've trained has really changed as you've gotten older with the industry? I've kind of gone through a couple evolutions because in my fitness boot camp, you know, it's always kind of been like the uh, maybe 35 to 55 women. That's who I've targeted for my marketing. Um, I've had husbands come in and, and, children of my clients, but it's, it's kind of solidly been within that, that age range. Uh, when I went online, I started, my first program was called female fat loss over 40. And then I kind of did a whole series called challenge workouts and it was just kind of more challenging workouts and it was more co-ed. And then I've kind of swung, swung around and just come around to targeting just women again. So I, I, and I really enjoyed doing the whole challenge workout um, you know, series. I have, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 programs within that, um, that I really love doing. And, but so for me, I just came around back around to, to training, like, and speaking more to women, because I think that's, uh, it's just been the evolution of me. So I think you're right. A lot of it, and it's just a growing process. Well, knowing that there's so much evolution and you've created so many products, what advice would you give to somebody looking to launch that, 
first product in terms of a starting point? Um, two things. Um, find what you're passionate about and then find a hole. So a hole in the market, right? And like, or build a better mousetrap. So for example, if you, um, I know we're talking about trainers, but, but let's say, um, let's say a, a trainer says, you know, there's nothing in the golf niche. I hate golf, but I think I could make a lot of money in the golf niche. Well, it's not going to work. You can't do anything for money because it's a daily grind. It's very like the online world is a lot of mo- a lot of hours and work um, for pennies, or you know, you're putting out a lot of money in the beginning when you're building web pages and hiring, um, you know, webmasters and getting payment gateways, and you know, so you have to be really passionate about it because you're not going to want to get up every morning and do something that you're not passionate about. So that's going to get old very quick. So number one, you have to find out, like really ask yourself, what am I passionate about? What could I wake up and do for no money? Because you will make no money at first. And that's a reality. Um, and then the second thing is you can't be a me too trainer. You know, you can't just do a broad general fat loss product. Like you have to find a unique hook. Like I never thought that being over 50 would be like such a great thing, you know, but it's, it's really a good thing in that, like, I know that I can reach women because of my age and I'm still fit. And like, obviously what I'm, what I'm doing is working. And so, um, that's a great hook. So you can't, you know, you have to find something kind of unique and different. So, because why would anybody buy, um, you know, Joe Blow's trainer's product over, you know, P90X or, um, you know, Turbulence Training or like, it's very competitive out there. So you have to find uh, something that will make your avatar want to buy from you. So you have to get their attention. Um, it has to be a legit, you know, kind of research based, like not a hokey shake weight type, you know, program. Do you know what I mean? I think finding something you're passionate about is really, truly key. As you've mentioned, and I know almost every entrepreneur, entrepreneur goes through it. You're going to do stuff at the beginning for no money. You're going to spend so many hours. You're probably even going to get a ton of critiques on it and it's going to seem like it's going nowhere. So if you don't have that passion for it, you're going to want to give up. Right. How did you find that you sort of recharged during that time and kept yourself on track? Uh, I just plain stubbornness. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, I just, I'm just very stubborn. And once I'm like the honey badger, once I decide I want to do something, you just have to do it. And so I would encourage anybody that if you're going to do this, there, there are days that it's like, oh my God, like really like that flop too. And like, and it just happens. So it's like, okay, well, what can I learn from that flop? Or, um, you know, I've just had an issue this last week with payment processor and, you know, had some difficult times. It's like, all right, well, I just have to laugh about it. And what can I learn about this to apply to, you know, make, do better next time. So it's just being stubborn and just not giving up. If you've got a dream of helping people or, you know, set that, set that goal of what you want to do. And then, you know, you just, if you want it bad enough, it's like on those days, you just, you just have to soldier on. You just can't, you can't give up easily. With how fast technology moves, it's a constantly changing market. And you've touched on things like dealing with payment processors, You've been doing this for a long time, since 2003, so you've seen it cycle through a couple of times. Where do you see 
the future of the fitness industry and fitness business going? Wow. Yeah. There's, I mean, it, it really is exponential, like change, like the speed of light change, um, like I see. And so I think there'll always be uh, a need for the in-person training. I think the fitness boot camps, I, I don't think they're going away anytime soon because it really, if you're doing it right, if you found the right um, like fitness boot camp, like I, I can't say enough about fit body boot camps, about creating that personal training feel with the energy of a group. I don't see that going away anytime soon. Um, I feel like the online is a great... Um, it's moving along very quickly because there's so many opportunities for, you know, like the Facebook live or live streaming where you can have your trainer in your living room with you, but your trainer could be uh, like, I have a business partner in Australia, you know? And so like with all the like Skype and, and, you know, ways that you can be in touch with people without actually physically being in present with them. So I just, I'm super excited for the opportunities for, um, I think we're just going to take away all the excuses for people that I have no time or money, um, or resources, or I don't have a car. Like we're going to overcome those objections so that we can like, as the, as fitness professionals, we're going to have so many opportunities to, to reach the people that need us. Well, now that you've answered all the easy questions, we're going to jump into my favorite part of the show, which is the hard questions. We call this the Fast Five Fitness Facts, where we're going to fire five questions at you, and you can do the best you can to answer them. Oh, man. (laughs) First question, what is your favorite exercise? Deadlifting. I love deadlifting. Because it works your posterior chain, like your back, your butt, um, you know, and there's not enough fat posterior chain type ex- like work exercises. And I love, that's my new favorite. I love deadlifting. Well, now I'm curious as to your old favorite. Ah, oh, well, I'm like, I, I really love bench pressing and squatting, but deadlifting is now overcome. Like it, it's topped it all. I, I, I really love deadlifting. Question two, what exercise do you hate but love at the same time? Wall balls. Wow, that's a new one. I like that answer. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the wall ball. It, it's, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, and my clients, like I just got wall balls. Like I got the, the like I got targets and, and balls at my fit body. And I think we're, I think we're all in agreement on that. It just, <laughs> it's tough. And what's the best book you've ever read? Oh, the best book I've ever read. I don't know, but I'm going to just tell you the last book I've read. And that is Rich on Paper, Poor on Life by Philip McKernan. And it just talks about um, wealth in a, it kind of defines wealth in a, in a different way in terms of, um, you know, rather than chasing money, it's just about chasing happiness and finding what brings quality of life to you. So that's a great read. And here's a very telling question. What is your favorite pump up song? Oh my God, I don't know. When I've spoken at a number of conferences and they're like, okay, give us a song that you're going to walk on stage to. And I am just like so, I, I can't even say I'm so musically challenged. So can I just call a friend on that one or pass? We can just say that you march to the beat of your own drummer. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes, exactly. Yes. And Shauna, if there's one person you could train with dead or alive, who would it be and why? Well, you know, I have to pick two and that are, it's my kids. 
I have a 22-year-old and a 19-year-old, and they are amazing people. My daughter now is in Australia getting ready for um, the uh, Olympic Lifting Nationals next week. And my son, is he's 19, and he's embraced lifting as well. And so I'm just so proud of those two that we've um, managed um, to instill a love. Sorry, my dog. Um, he just wants to train too. Yeah. Um, just a love of fitness. And like, that's something that we actually do as a family quite a bit is, is train with those two. Um, so those, those two kids, they just inspire me. I'm just so proud of them. Um, so I have to, I can't, I can't pick one over the other. You can't, you can't split your kids. So I'd have to say both, uh, my daughter and my son. That's true. And when you say your kids, you don't need a why. <laughs> there you go. They're my kids. Yeah, I mean, that, that. that's enough. <laughs> yeah. So Shauna, to wrap it up, why don't you tell the listeners where to find you and how to connect? Um, well, if they, uh, I have shaunak.com is my blog and I've just, I'm just redoing that. So, um, excuse kind of the glitches on there. They, um, people could go to menopausebellytriggers.com to get, um, kind of if you're over 40 and looking for some answers on your belly fat, um, you know, problems, I've got some great answers in that report. So, um, and of course on Facebook, you can find me, um, you know, my personal profile, just Shauna Kaminsky. I think there's only one of me in fact. So, um, just seek me out and look for me on Facebook live making like doing the epic fail broadcasts. I'm, I'm working on those, but I'd love to see you on Facebook as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shauna. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Fitness Hacks Podcast by Redefining Strength. For the show notes and more episodes, visit redefiningstrength.com.